Hello everyone, my name is Alex and I'm the student minister here at Andover Baptist Church. And it's such a privilege to be speaking to you all today and kicking off this brand new series called Weird. And today I'm going to be looking at the idea of being different. And I wonder, what does being different mean to you? What does being different mean to you? I imagine as I say these words, there may be mixed reactions from those of you watching or listening. I'm guessing that for some of you right now, maybe your spirits are lifted and there's a smile on your face. You like this idea of being different. Maybe it's exciting or liberating. But perhaps for others of you, this might bring up more negative emotions. Maybe this idea of being different is actually associated with feelings of rejection or being outcast, not fitting in. And maybe you are different, not by choice, but by circumstance. And this hasn't been a positive experience in your life. You know, and this is because so often society or other people and even the world can label different as weird. This might even cause us to ask ourselves, am I weird for wanting to be different? I'll be honest, for me, the idea of being different is not something that I've often or easily gravitated towards in my life. From an early age, I wanted to fit in, mainly with my friends at school. I really wanted to be like other people and live a normal life, I suppose. And when I was younger, I always remember my dad giving me some really good, well, I probably didn't think it at the time, but good advice. He always told me not to be like other people, not to try and fit in, but to be myself, to be my own person. And to be honest, I probably didn't really take that advice on board. But actually, when I was a bit older, I had this experience as a young teen that helped me to really understand the value in this advice and why it was so important to my dad to tell me this. So when I was a young teenager, at the time I was attending an all-girls school and I had a really close group of friends that I hung out with a lot. We were probably your typical uh, group of cliquey teenage girls. We all conformed to whatever was deemed to be cool at the time. But something about this group kind of began to bother me. It didn't sit right with me because so often our topic of conversation would be gossip gossip about other girls, girls in our school, or even girls in our friendship group. And it could be really nasty at times. So I kind of got to this point where I just didn't want to be part of that anymore. And so I made this decision in my mind that I was going to walk away from those kind of conversations. And as you might imagine, this wasn't easy to do. You know, I tried not to be confrontational about it. But there were occasions where I was made to feel a bit weird, to be honest, because I just didn't want to take part in gossip. And I think that actually some of my friends began to take this personally as if I didn't like them or want to hang out with them. So I, I began to be rejected by this group. So I started making other friends uh, as I kind of grew more and more distant from my original friendship group. And although I went on to make some fantastic friends, this experience was really quite painful for me. It didn't feel easy or nice to be outcast from a group of people I once considered to be my closest friends. However, it was also quite a liberating experience because it helped me to embrace the fact that I was different to this group of people that I had been desperately trying 
to fit in with. And, you know, I wish I could say that from that point on in my life, I embraced the idea of being different. I took that advice that my dad gave me um, on board. But the truth is that I didn't. Time and time again, I found myself trying to fit in with others, fit in with society and fit in with the way that the world encourages you to live your life, only really to find out that normal just didn't work for me. And it wasn't until I became a Christian, a follower of Jesus, when I was in my mid-twenties, that I finally understood why this was the case. And I'm going to come back to that a little later on, because first I want to tell you a story today. It's a story about someone who embraced being different in a really profound and inspiring way. It's a story of a Dutch man called Andrew, who grew up in Holland during the Second World War. From a young age, it was clear that Andrew was a bit different in how he saw the world. His family were quite a poor family in a, a small town and they attended church regularly. But when they did, Andrew would sneak out the back of the church building and go off to play in the fields unnoticed. This was far more exciting to him. And when war broke out and German forces occupied his country, he often snuck out of his house late at night to play tricks on the soldiers. There was clearly an adventurous and daring spirit in this young boy. After the war, Andrew decided that he himself was going to join the Dutch army, and this would see him deploy to Indonesia, where there was another war going on. In his own words, his motivation had been to find a life that broke out of the mould. He was seeking adventure. So off he went to fight in Indonesia at just 18 years of age. And there, Andrew found himself immersed in an adventure that quickly became a nightmare as he witnessed firsthand the horrors of war. So by just age 20, Andrew found himself in a really dark place, battling that harsh reality of war fighting, losing friends and comrades. He also turned to alcohol as a means of coping. To make matters worse, his mother, who he loved dearly, had passed away while he was, while he was out serving in the army. And he also had the prospect of having to have his leg amputated because he was shot in the ankle on the battlefield. Fortunately, in the end, his leg was saved, but this injury would leave him in severe pain. So whilst Andrew was recovering in hospital in Indonesia, he found himself opening a book that his mother had given to him when he first deployed. This book was a Bible, uh, which Andrew hadn't even opened until this point. So with many questions about life, Andrew opened this Bible and he started reading through its pages and he was captivated by its words. And something in his heart began to change and he felt that darkness begin to lift. And this actually was the beginning of a journey that would lead Andrew on the greatest adventure yet. And when Andrew then returned to Holland and was discharged from the army, he had no idea what he was going to do with his life and no real prospects as a, a young but injured war veteran. However, he had this newfound enthusiasm and a joy for life because Andrew had become a follower of Jesus. He'd become a Christian and he wanted to go wherever God would lead him. You know, Andrew still wanted to live a life that was different. He still sought out adventure. But this time, he wanted to do it for God and not for himself. And as a result, Andrew's life would be anything but normal. Because from there on, he embarked on an incredible adventure 
that has taken him all over the world to this very day. It all started in the 1950s when Andrew single-handedly took Bibles into post-war communist countries. These were dangerous places where Bibles were either scarce to find or banned altogether and places where Christians were being persecuted for their faith. But Andrew felt a deep conviction in his heart to go to these places and to help those who were in need. And over the years and the decades since then, this work has expanded immensely to help persecuted Christians all over the world. And it's led to the formation of an incredible organization called Open Doors, which helps millions and millions of people who are being persecuted for their faith. Andrew, or Brother Andrew as he is referred to, has famously become known as God's smuggler because of those daring endeavours to take huge quantities of Bibles into dangerous countries and to reach out an arm of advocacy for those who are in need. If you want to read his story, I really, really recommend his book, which is actually called God's Smuggler. I was recently lent this by a member of our community. So if you are watching, thank you so much for lending me this book. It's been an incredible story to read. And I've only really just touched on that story today. So I really encourage you to go and look into this story and find out more for yourself. And as you can see, there's a picture of the book, but also an old picture of Brother Andrew on one of his many, many travels. So why am I telling you this rather extreme and quite dangerous story about someone who dared to be different for God? Well, it's simply because being different is what being a Christian is all about. You know, Jesus himself lived a radically different life. He lived by rules that are not of this world, but of God's kingdom. And his followers are called to do the same. You know, society or the world might call this weird or irrelevant. And even as we've just heard from that story, there are places in the world where you can be persecuted and even killed for being a Christian, for being different. Being different for God can be a costly and dangerous path, but it is one that is worth everything because it's a path that leads to eternal life. But it's not the path that the world will offer you. One of the earliest uh, leaders of the church was a man called Paul. This was a Jewish man who lived during the first century around and after the time of Jesus. And he went around, he traveled around building up and encouraging Christian communities during a time when persecution was fierce. In many ways, the work that Brother Andrew has done during this last century and continuing to this day is very much like the work of Paul. And in a letter that Paul wrote to Christians living in Rome, we get to the heart of this idea of what it means to be different as a follower of Jesus. This letter is found in the New Testament part of the Bible. It's in a book called Romans. And let's look at what Paul wrote. Therefore, he says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. Here, Paul is capturing the essence of how we are to live as followers of Jesus. And it's a really countercultural way of life. And that part there in bold is so, so important. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
Another translation of the Bible puts it like this. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. In other words, Paul is saying, be different to the way of the world. Don't try to fit in. You know, and as he says there, we can't, this is something we can't do ourselves because it comes from a total resetting, a total renewing of our mind and a transformation in us that only God can do. And isn't it amazing there that Paul writes that when this happens, when God renews our mind and transforms us, that then we can know the will of God, his good, perfect and pleasing will. This is such a powerful concept, isn't it? You know, I think this whole idea is so evident in the story that we've heard about today about brother Andrew. You know, I love how he always had that desire in him to be different, but he explored it initially, didn't he, in a worldly way. And this led him to a very dark and hopeless place. But then when he discovered his purpose as a follower of Jesus, God was able to transform him and then use that desire to be different in a really incredible and unique way and use that to help millions of people all over the world. It's a way actually that doesn't conform to the pattern of the world, but it's a way that conforms to the will of God. You know, Andrew's mind had been totally renewed. God had transformed him into a new person and God can do the same with anyone. I can say this because I know it to be true in my own life. I mentioned earlier on at the beginning that I haven't always embraced being different. And I've actually been really challenged by that this week as I've been preparing this talk. So often I have conformed to the pattern of this world. I've been afraid to be different, to stand apart from others. I've been worried that it might make me seem weird or that people won't accept or even like me. But so often I have found that normal just doesn't seem to work. And for me, everything changed when I became a committed follower of Jesus when I was 26 years old and I let God into my heart. From that moment, I began to think differently and I began to see the world differently. And I realized that being a Christian is a radical calling to be different. And it's a calling that isn't compatible with the patterns of this world. That means then that you have to make a choice which path you want to follow. And every follower of Jesus has found themselves at that crossroads moment. And for me, when I was at that crossroads, I found myself on my knees before God, feeling helpless to change my life, but with that deep desire for things to change, for things to be different. And actually, this is a process called repentance. We often think of repentance in quite severe terms, don't we? Like it's the outcome of being told off by God, where we're forced to feel remorseful and say sorry. And yes, feeling sorry and remorseful is part of the process. But there's actually another definition that I think is really powerful and really useful. It comes from the Greek word for repentance. It's a word that's found a lot in the New Testament because Greek is the original language it was written in. And the meaning of the Greek word actually is more to do with this idea of a change of mind or a change even of direction. And actually for Christians, this is a beautiful thing. Repentance is how we choose God's direction for our lives and not our own. And this isn't easy. 
This requires us to surrender our own desires and will. It requires us to think again about our lives and how we're living. And actually, we may well feel a deep sadness and sense of remorse when we realize that we have been rejecting God's way. But you know, when we come to that place where we seek change, that place where God's transforming power can be at work within us to renew our mind and to set us on that path to, that leads to life, something incredible and beautiful happens. And it's not easy, is it? It's not easy to stand apart from the patterns of the world, to go against the grain, to say that you no longer want to go and do things that others are doing or to follow the masses. You know, over the years since I've become a follower of Jesus, I have learned to embrace this calling to be different and to give thanks to God for it, even when perhaps it comes up against resistance or opposition. Because I know that if I don't embrace this, then I cannot truly be a follower of Jesus. Because Jesus himself, as I've already mentioned, lived the most radical and different life imaginable. Jesus was God's rescue plan for humanity. But there's nothing normal. There was nothing normal about the fact that God sent his only son to save the world by giving up his own life. Not just for people who liked him and followed him, but for his enemies. It doesn't get much more radical than that. Jesus was a savior that didn't come to conquer this earthly kingdom, but to bring victory to the kingdom of God by overcoming evil. And that's what Jesus did. Being God himself in human form, he willingly gave up his life and he willingly suffered for the sake of humanity so that we no longer have to conform to the pattern of this world. We no longer have to walk blindly on paths that lead to death and destruction, but instead we have a new path to follow. And it's a path that leads to salvation and eternal life with God. You know, I always love how the cross can be described as the intersection between God and mankind. You know, two paths there going in different directions, but brought together by Jesus. And where those two paths cross, that's where everything changes, because that's where God changed the world forever. Maybe you find yourself at that crossroads today, when normal just isn't working for you. Maybe the direction the world is taking you in is not where you want to be going, but you don't know how to change it. Could it be that God is calling you to a life that is radically different? And maybe you're listening or you're watching and you're someone a bit like Brother Andrew. You have that desire, you've always had that desire to be a bit different or to do something different with your life. But you've not yet discovered the God-given purpose and plans for you. And maybe you have, but perhaps you still struggle with this idea of being different. Maybe you worry that it might make you seem weird or unrelatable to others. Maybe you even have been called weird or labelled weird because you're different. So wherever you are in your journey of faith today, it's never too late to ask God to help you. To ask God to transform your life by renewing your mind and to help you embrace this idea of being different for God. 
So let's pray together. Loving God, I just thank you so much for your word today and that truth. Lord, being different can seem scary, might seem weird. And Lord, we know for so many people all over the world, being different means that they are outcast, persecuted and even killed. Lord, thank you that through your son, Jesus, you've made a way for us so we don't have to conform to the pattern of this world and walk that path that leads to death and destruction. You've made a way for us to walk on the path that leads to eternal life in your presence. That is just so wonderful, Lord. Thank you that you have made a way. Help us, wherever we are today in our journey of faith, to embrace this idea of being different, to be encouraged in our faith, and to accept that you have made a way for us and to allow you into our hearts to transform us and renew our minds. Amen.